0: interracial relationships and the Hamitic curse of Genesis chapter nine. That is what we're gonna be unpacking in today's Bite Size Bible Q and A. I completely understand why the person who sent this question uh, to me worded it the way that they did, because there is a lot of people who teach that in Genesis chapter nine, the curse that was given to Canaan uh, was actually passed on to all of Ham's descendants. And that's one of the reasons we need to unpack this this passage. The question, as you can see below, I've reworded it a little bit. I've tried to put it into more of what I would consider to be a biblical way of, of approaching this topic. Does Canaan's curse still apply today? So before we get into the specifics about interracial relationships and Canaan's curse, let's first lay a little bit of groundwork using the passage that you see next to me here. In Genesis 9 verse 18, it says, The sons of Noah that went forth of the ark were Shem and Ham and Japheth, and Ham is the father of Canaan. These are the three sons of Noah, and of them was the whole earth overspread. So just so you understand what we're dealing with, uh, all of us, everybody on the planet comes from one of these three boys. Now, what's so unique about these three men is that we can, using Genesis chapter 10, and where these men and their descendants eventually settled, even after the Tower of Babel, Uh, we can see pretty much where the various people groups that we find represented in the world came from. The Japhethites, that will be your Caucasian uh, people group. And then the Shemites, that'll be more of your Mongoloid, or what some people call the yellow people, the Asiatic type person. And then the black man, that's your Hamite. The word Ham means black. So all the people of the world come from one of these three boys. Now, according to how this has been taught for years and years is that because of what Ham does in this passage, now all Hamites are cursed and therefore it's okay for them to be abused and subjugated and wrongfully treated. And let me just say right off the bat, there's nothing more atrocious than that teaching. That's just utterly ridiculous to try to use this passage to prove such abominable behavior. What does the passage say? Verse 20 Noah began to be an husbandman, and he planted a vineyard. And he drank of the wine, and was drunken, and he was uncovered within his tent. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father, and told his two brethren without. So Noah's made a mistake here. Ham sees what's going on with his dad. He goes and tells his brethren. Verse 23 Shem and Japheth took a garment, laid it upon both their shoulders, and went backward covered the nakedness of their father. And their faces were backward, and they saw not their father's nakedness. So they try to deal with this as decently and as discreetly as they can. Verse 24, And Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his younger son had done unto him. Now please take note there, the very important verb in this, at the end of the verse, what his younger son had done unto him. So evidently Ham did more than just see his father and his nakedness, he did something to him. Now, what did he do? The Bible's discreet on this point. I think we can make some educated guesses, but it doesn't point out specifically what the behavior was. But from this, it it seems as if the next verse flows. Verse 25, and he said, "'Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants, "'shall he be unto his brethren.'" Now, let's be very clear. It doesn't say cursed be Ham. Did Ham make the mistake? Yes, in the passage, he did. Then why curse Canaan if Ham was the guilty party? All right, well, look at the passage as a whole. Verse 25, 26, 27. This is prophecy that Noah is giving us. He doesn't say that because of what Ham did, now Canaan's being cursed. He's simply saying Canaan is going to be cursed. Is it a direct result of what Ham did? Nothing in the passage says that it is. However, I do believe that there's a very specific reason that Moses, because he's the one who wrote this, there's a a reason he gave us this story the way that he did. I believe he was led by God to do it this way. The Israelites have just come out of Egypt. They're marching towards the land of Canaan, right? That's about the time Moses is writing this. And the Israelites, they need a little bit of backstory for these people that they're about to meet and eventually conquer. They need to know Where did they learn? Where did the Canaanites learn this horrible behavior? Because if you read Leviticus chapter 18 and you see what the Canaanites were known to do, especially when it comes to to sexual things. And by the way, the things you find in Leviticus 18, they have been validated through archeological and historical records. These Canaanites were some messed up people horrible things that they were doing to each other, even their own family members. It was disgusting. Where did Canaan learn it? Well, I think Moses is giving Israel and indirectly us a little bit of background. God led Noah to prophesy about one line of Hamitic descendancy, the Canaanites, and say they are under a curse. Why? God knew what kind of behavior these people would have. And he knew they'd be worthy of this punishment. So he says, cursed be Canaan. Where did the Canaanites learn it? Well, you can go all the way back, trace this problem, this specific problem area, all the way back to their daddy ham. So I think what we're getting here is a little bit of background for the Israelites, indirectly us as well, for why the Canaanites turned out the way they did. And we're getting prophecy That one line of Hamitic descendancy, the Canaanites, are going to be under this curse. You can see in verse number 26, Blessed be the Lord God of Shem, Canaan shall be his servant. Now that's a prophecy, and it was fulfilled. Verse 27, God shall enlarge Japheth. It's happened. And he shall dwell in the tents of Shem. That happened. Canaan shall be his servant. That happened. So all the prophecies in this passage work out perfectly. Now as it pertains to the questions that were asked, what about interracial relationships? Uh, there's nothing in this passage that speaks against it. You do find some verses in Deuteronomy 7 where God commands the people of Israel not to mix with the ites that they find in the land of Canaan. And that law was given to them to protect the people of Israel from mixing and mingling with these idolatrous uh, cultures and these wicked customs that those people had. There's a very strong practical lesson in that, right? Even into the New Testament, we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 that we're not supposed to be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Believers and unbelievers uh, should not be bonded together in fellowship like that. It it can rub off on you. So there's a very practical lesson to learn. But there's nothing in the New Testament that says somebody of Shemitic descent and somebody of uh, Japhetic descent cannot marry. Can a white person marry a black person? Yes, yes, they can. Is it advisable? Well, here's what I often tell people, that if you're gonna get into that situation, please understand that you're going to face some, some very strong difficulties, right? And not necessarily sinful ones, but cultural ones. Because usually people of white skin, people of black skin have different cultures, not always. Sometimes you find they were raised in a similar place and their cultures match up pretty good. But even then, society may look at it uh, with a raised eyebrow. And that's maybe the fault of society. But still more, I try to advise people that just be aware what, what you're about to get into may not be popular, and there are going to be some challenges. Is it sinful? No, I don't think so. So to answer the question that came to me, can that Hamitic curse leak into a mixed relationship? Well, no, because there is no Hamitic curse. But what about the question below? Does Canaan's curse still apply today? Well, I would say that it that it does. The problem though with that is, how do you trace Canaanite descendancy? That's the tricky part. How do you determine if somebody is a pure Canaanite? Now, even into the New Testament, we find Canaanites being mentioned. So it seems that they, as a people group, they were still present. And there's a prophecy at the end of Zechariah chapter 14 that talks about there being no longer a Canaanite in the house of the Lord. So evidently, all the way up to the second coming, somebody's able to determine if this or that person is a Canaanite. I'm not sure how that could be done. But as I understand the passage, as a people group, as individuals, it may be different. But as a people group, we will not see the Canaanite people being allowed by God to reach a place of primacy in the world. And I believe that it is a punishment stemming from their horrible behavior uh, that we read about in the Old Testament. So I hope that's dealt with this very involved and interesting question. If you'd like to know more about it, please let me know in the comments section below.